0: On this episode of the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience, John Maddox sits down with President and CEO of Fidelis Private Fund, John Lloyd. The two speak about John's experience of being an ultra-marathon runner, why consistency is key, why private money, and much more. Now, before we get to today's show, remember that we have a Fun Loans YouTube
1: channel with a bunch of great content just like this. Now, on to the show.
0: Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities.
1: All right. Welcome to the show. We're here with John Lloyd from Fidelis Private Fund. How you doing, John? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming down nice. or coming up. Yeah. Uh, so we're John Lloyd here is a private fund manager. You manage a, a mortgage, private mortgage fund. And I know you got, you do uh, some residential, a little commercial. Tell us a little bit about the private fund real quick uh, you know, as we uh, launch this
0: Well, it's podcast. A, yeah, we do mainly bridge loans. It's commercial real estate. And residential investment properties. So, nothing owner occupied. It's right. all investment properties, um, short term type type deals. Gap financing. Nobody wants to pay high rates for very long. So, right. so we're bridge financing.
1: Nice. So, so uh, when people say, "Are you in the hard money business?" What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the the more Um, eloquent
0: way, (laughs) eloquent way is is private lending versus hard. It's just, and people perceive hard money is, is just like Jimmy Like it's expensive and private money seems easier and, and more um, just softer. Yeah. I call it soft money. Soft money. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the connotation of like private or hard money is like, you know, you're going to, you're going to go out to the mafia and get some hard money or you're going to get some money from some, you know, some or, or yeah, it just has a bad kind of taste to it, right? The name hard money. But it, in the, in the, at the end of the day, it's, it's all pretty much similar. It's, it's a private person or. Yeah. I, I think the difference
0: is, is it's not federally regulated. Right. You, you can make the decisions, it's common sense decisions. You can, hey, if it's a good deal, then yep. we can do it. Right. So that's the advantage of private money. You don't have regulators looking over your shoulder and and you know audits and and that sort of thing. So and,
1: and I think when I think of private money, I think of someone who needs a close fast, someone who needs to you know works through a couple issues before they can get institutional financing, or the pri- the house or the the place is just not in you know financeable. Order so the the place itself is not finished or it's got some problems with it. You know where an appraiser might say, you know, you you know, this is not done, it's not inhabitable, right? So there's regulations around that. There's regulations around you can't finance maybe a house that has some issues like that. I know that from just being a lender. Yeah,
0: I think private money, it's it's timing. So we we the advantage of private money is you can do it fast.
1: What's the fastest you ever closed on a deal? Two days. Can you do one right now? If I give you <laughs> a scenario, no, I, I got one
0: yesterday that w- that we're going to close by Friday. So nice. is three, that's true f- private yeah. money yeah. right there. So so that's an advantage. And when somebody has a deal mm-hmm. that they can make a lot of money on if they close fast, what's paying a couple points and high interest for it's a opportunity f- costs? Really, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a it's a it's the people that look at the big picture right. that really profit from it. Right. The guys like they're,
1: they're looking at like, okay, if I buy this place right now and I close in a week, I'll get the deal. I'll probably get it a hundred grand under price or I'll get it, you know, maybe even more. And then, uh, I might pay in interest another 15 grand or 10 grand, but I still made a hundred off of yeah, it. You know, so it's a no brainer if you look at it like that. I think when people look at something like an interest rate and say, the interest rate is the reason why I'm not going to take this deal and they don't look at the whole picture, they're being short-sighted. Cause that happens a lot where they're like, no. Oh, I can't pay 9%. I've never paid that. You know, yeah. I'm a bank, you know, my credit is this and this right, and right. I've
0: never paid that. And well, I'm not going to start paying it now. Right. And, and see I if just the like, bank will close on time. You know? Right. So I, I think those are the type of borrowers
1: that aren't private money borrowers. It's so like guys that have the big picture, you know, So what do you do to tell them? Like, what do you, how do you tell them or convince them that they need to look at the big picture?
0: You look at you know, some will come with they want to do a the deal themselves, they can bring partners in, mm-hmm. or you can go private money, right? So it's more, yeah, it's a little more expensive, it's easier, it's cheaper than giving away half your project. Hey, that's you right. Know? So that's an advantage of private money, is debt versus been, equity, yeah, yeah. So that's a, an advantage, and you know, so I think that's just timing, um, being able to. Close fast, added value projects, projects that, like you're saying, that aren't, they can't, um, there's something's wrong with it as far as either it's not leased up mm-hmm. or it needs to be remodeled or something needs to happen. Right. And that's where private money comes in. Definitely. You know? and, and so we. Um, so do
1: you make the decision yourself? Like if you see a deal, do you decide I'm going to do this deal or not? Or do you have like a bunch of people you gotta chat with and make sure the deals works or check with investors or is it just you? You make no, the decision. I make
0: I make the decision. I, mean, I use other resources, you right. know, I use appraisers for bouncing off values. I use right. um, you know I, I I use counsel but I make the final decision. Right. It's not like I have to go to loan committee. Yeah. When I go out there and I, after doing my own due diligence and I like it, Mm -hmm. I tell them right on the spot. That's awesome.
1: I think everyone needs to have someone like you in their, in their tool belt, you know, just like in their, in their lender, on their lender list, because, you know, we always come across deals that fall out or they just some reason or other, they can't do it, um, Let's talk about let's back up and rewind a little bit. I know you're a father, you're a you're a um a runner, but not just runner. any kind of runner. Like you you run uh ultras, mm. right? Yeah marathons yeah. and stuff like that. That takes a lot of fortitude, mentally, physically. Talk to us about um your 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 drive to run and how did did you start running like was it as a kid you Um, just like to play soccer like what what? no
0: i played tennis growing up so i was a tennis player and played in college but i i just like to get outside Mm -hmm. and so as i got into working and having kids and and the stresses with life and everything that goes with it yeah i started running outside and trails and i just just to kind of get away from the stress sort of get away yeah
1: and I then mean, you I just, took
0: it to a, a different level and I probably, I had to dial it back, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's sort of what got me going. I think I just love to get out exercise. It takes the stress out and it's, it's fun. And, um,
1: like what's the farthest you've ever run in one, one hundred miles in one run. <laughs> And it was 24 hours, so it was. Did you try yeah. to stop for bathroom breaks
0: and stuff? Yeah, you stop and you, you, you know, rehydrate and you. But you keep moving. I mean, you stop just for those breaks, and yeah. you keep
1: moving. It's that's it's like a, farther than to, to Disneyland from here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty a, long run. We did up hills a, and stuff and up mountains. Yeah, or? It's a,
0: the hundred mile I did was 18,000 feet of elevation climb. Oh my gosh! So. So you're not them. just
1: running on a beach or running on like a flat surface. You're going up no, elevation. You're going up hills, yeah. Elevation's hard. I, if every time I go to to ski, snowboard, I get like the the altitude kind of thing <laughs> for the first couple of days, where I'm just like, even like putting my shoes and pants on, I'm like winded. Like, how do you get to run up mountains? Like, how that that's a, that's impressive. Uh, I think I just I and I love
0: hills and i don't know i think god gave me a little extra gift there running but you just like the running, challenge and i like the challenge i'm i'm very determined mm-hmm. and it takes perseverance and i when when i say i'm going to do something mm-hmm. it's it's a mental it's mental yeah you know when people say you know they've run an ultra it's it's not just physical it's it's a mental challenge and tell us more about that how's that
1: mental like how does it do you, do you visualize like w- yeah i mean like, like the night before
0: these runs i mm-hmm. would i would dream about running finish i mean i would i knew most of the routes that i ran and i would think about those and just visualize accomplishing that yeah. hill and hitting that summit or whatever it was yeah and and when you go to do it you visual you've already seen it and hmm. you, and plus, you, when
1: you because you do practice? Like you go in, and do it before you do it, or do you, do you drive the route or um, ride a bike
0: on the route? I mean, or I mean, I've done a few of them repeats mm-hmm. before. But so I, when
1: you're visualizing it, you've you've actually been to the place, yeah. yeah. So, so I, you know I, what I, see, a, yeah. yeah, the ones
0: that, that I haven't, you know, I couldn't obviously, but I knew, I knew generally what it was, and I knew the the, the hills and the peaks that I had to get across, and so I've visualized right. getting. Making it. Do you so. kind
1: of do that in like a meditation form, where you're just sort of like your eyes are closed, you're relaxed, and your mind is kind of running through the the run, or do you? Is it is what I mean is it, is it a long process when you're visualizing it, or is it like?
0: No, it's not a it's not a like a a long thought out exercise. It's sort of just laying there, uh, you know, at mm-hmm. night, just thinking about it, yeah, and not. So yeah, I didn't take time out. Hey, I'm going to just visualize this. I, it was usually the night before.
1: Right, and and, you're just thinking about each different yeah. thing, and it's interesting because one of our other podcasts we uh, interviewed a guy named Jay South, who's or John John, who was a <clears throat> semi pro skater, and he would he talked about how he visualized each trick that he did okay. before he landed them. Like he, he envisioned himself landing the tricks whether it was like 20 stairs or whatever it was like crazy tricks like he would do. Um, but he would spend time just imagining the trick, imagining landing it and visualizing it. Like that's interesting. Cause I mean, I think with success in general, you have to have a vision. You have to have a target. You have to know where you're going. You have to know what it like. There's something about, I think seeing that in your mind's eye before you do it and, and, finishing it in your in your kind of in your subconscious or in your conscious just like knowing that you're going to do it and then how does that equate to like finishing something because a lot of people there's a lot of people out there and here and me even anyone who might think they're going to do something like I'm going to I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get to the gym but then you know the day comes and it just doesn't happen or other life gets in the way like how does that like how does that how do you use that in business or, you know, knowing that you've already committed to doing something in your mind and you finish it? Is it it rewarding?
0: One is deciding you're going to do it before committing, committing, Hey, I'm going to finish this. And you sort of put the stake in the ground. I'm going to finish this, whether that's, you're going to, you know, whether it's a campaign you're running for your marketing campaign Mm -hmm. or, Hey, you're going to finish this and you're going to keep doing it and consistent Yep. doing it. Um, do you tell
1: I, people you're going to do it to kind of put yourself on the hook or do you? Yeah, no, I,
0: I mean, that does put you on the hook <laughs> right? <laughs> when you say, Hey, I'm, I'm running this ultra this at this date or whatever yeah. you've committed to right. do it. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, just relating it to business. It's, it's, um, you know, it's like running, you gotta be consistent at what you're doing right. and consistently training Mm -hmm. Consistently, you know, in business, the same thing, marketing, consistently getting your name out there Mm -hmm. because periodically it isn't going to work. It's like training periodically is not going to get you to finish the race. Right. You got to be tip top. Yeah. I mean, you got to consistently train and I think uh, and not think about it because if you think about it. You're gonna talk yourself out of it. Yeah. It's like if you sat there and decide, oh, I don't wanna, I mean, I'm gonna run this, you know, <laughs> three hours today uh-huh, uh-huh. and decide. No, you've already decided you're gonna do it the day before and right. you just get up and you do it. Right. And, and so, just like
1: your marketing, your calls, whatever it is yeah. that you gotta to do to, 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 and so I think what I'm hearing about this is that you've already decided you're going to do what you're going to do. So you like, let's say in business or in, in, in mortgages, if I I know I want to have five, a $5 million month, say, or I want to have a $10 million, month, whatever it is, you want to break your goal, you know, or or break your record that you've had the month before. Okay. I'm going to do this this month. You've already decided you're going to do it. And then you have to commit to that. You have to then do the work. But why is it, do you think that most, so many people can't get to that? that finish line.
0: I think they get discouraged because they don't get any response in the first, you know, no, no, you know, they just don't see progress at at first. It takes sometimes months and years, right? You know, it's taken me years to develop a, a base. Of yeah. followers, you know, in my business, and it's it's like I was saying before, it's like a gold mine. Right. Your database is a gold mine.
1: You have to work it know? though. It's not just yeah, no, yeah, it
0: yeah. It doesn't happen, and mm-hmm. you you constantly got to give them value. You con- and when you don't want anything,
1: yeah. I think you, when people you know, hear gold mine, they think. Oh, there's just money flowing out of there, but people are sweating and dirty, and got <laughs> head bent headlamps on, yeah. and they're dirt black, and they're like, no. you know, like their, their uh their dirt is all on their face, yeah. and, you know, and, and they are working. They're hitting the 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 rock with the chisels, and <laughs> it's hard yeah, work. It is, yeah. And then it, there's gold in there, though, and then you have to, you know, get it out and lift it. And heavy, it's heavy, and and yeah, I think the main thing is is
0: Giving something away when you don't want anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's like people. Oh, and I need loans. That's when you call the people. No, you you give and you give information. You give them, and then when you need loans, they're going to be there, right? Because you've invested in them. Right, they're going to turn on invest in you, yeah. and so that's, you got to give the
1: time and the and the expertise. Let them know that you're, you know, someone to go to. Right. And I think, I think, for me,
0: you know, a lot of it's hard when you're first starting out because you don't have a database. Right. You don't have relationships you've dealt for years. You you have to list. Sometimes you get a list of, hey, these are some contacts that mm-hmm. may be interesting, that interested right. in what you're doing, but you don't know them. Right. You know. How'd and you build your database? Just relationship
1: building, referrals. You doing know, doing stuff like you did the other night, where you had like you you paid for people to come out and. You know, had provided some food and you, you you, you, you you, interacted and it was like a little gathering, right? Yeah.
0: You got, you got to give something and you give and you show interest in those people. Mm -hmm. You show that you care, you show that they value, you value them. Right. Man, it's, it's like huge. Right. It, it, It comes back in spades. Like I was saying earlier, this guy yesterday says, gee, how do you? you know do you just sit on your in your desk with your feet on on your desk just <laughs> getting these calls and i said yeah. i said they call because i've invested a lot of time right and effort right. and they do call because they're they know i'll help them and i was consistent in giving them good information right. over the years so it just takes time
1: right that's that's very good information that's that's good advice so Um, so the, the image of us sitting back on our desk with our feet up, although I have been known to do that once in a while, (laughs) people look in my office and they're like, but I'm always on a call or (laughs) something like that. But you know, I mean, I think, you know, it kind of reminds me of when people say you're an overnight success, but like truly there's no overnight successes. It's usually an overnight success, 10 years in the making, right? Like you've been making, you've been working. I think what people, um, who, we all have, you know, people who have success in common relate because they know the grind, you know, what they had to do to get there. And uh, a lot of people don't see it's like the iceberg. They don't see all the, the stuff underneath, oh. the, all the things you're doing. Tell us some more stuff that you do to originate business. I mean, now you, you probably yeah. get a lot of calls, I mean, but you send out emails. Like, what else do you yeah, do? I
0: mean, you, can, you know, I think mainly it's being consistent and uh, not necessarily the exact content, there's no magic thing that will work. I think it's just providing value to your specific clients that you are involved in with your specific business right. value of some kind. If it's, even if it's passing information from somebody else mm-hmm. that you've learned, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, doesn't take a lot of effort. You're maybe passing an article along, you're passing right. a tip or something of value to show that you care about your people and being consistent about it. Yep. Yep. That that's, and then, uh, yeah, I I think, and then when you need them, you can reach out, hey, and they'll respond. Yeah.
1: So in your, talk to us about your past. I mean, how long have you been in the the mortgage business or in the private lending business?
0: 20 years in the private lending business. Before that, I spent um, about 10 years in banking. China. So I got a good base, fundamentals, mm-hmm. um, my accounting background. So I had good numbers, finance, mm-hmm. uh, a master's in finance. And so I, I understand numbers. And then I got into private lending. And it, it is more way, way funner, I think, yeah. as far as it's just, it's fun because you don't have the regulators. Well, you also get shoulder. to make the
1: decisions too, which is. yeah, And it's,
0: it's fun to be able to help people mm-hmm. without. Having regulations behind your rules, hey, you can't, you got, you can't do this or you can't do that. I want to help people, right? And all always, my, I was with a former mortgage company where they tried to hamper you on broker and Mm deals, and it's like, man, that's helping your client, right? You know, and it's like whatever it takes to help my client, I'm going to do it. And so I think that's. anyway.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So you have a pretty strong mindset and, uh, and talk to us about your mindset, kind of how, when you, um, when you like, like, I'm sure you don't always have a full pipeline. So when you're trying to build a pipeline, okay. like how do you get, how do you get yourself in the mindset? Kind I almost think of it as like, if your pipeline, you've, you know, you've finished a month and you've done a bunch of business and you kind of have to, you always have to start over, right? Is it kind of like a race where you just finished a big race and you're like, okay, now what am I going to do next? Like, I'm going to do another, the next race or what, how do you, what kind of mindset do you have to be in to get your pipeline full?
0: You know, it's, it's the same mindset every day. Yeah. It's every day is the same. Yeah. You don't just you take can, a break. I mean, you no, can take, I mean, take no, somewhat, a little I mean, bit I mean, of breaks. But, breaks, obviously vacation, right. that sort of thing. But right. I mean, it's the same mindset every day. I don't even look really and how big my pipeline is, mm-hmm. and it could be going down or be really big. I'm doing the same thing I did the day before. You're just consistent? Consistent. Yeah. I'm up early. I'm every, I do it every day the yeah. same. Yeah. And it, it's, and I, I don't really look at the numbers because the numbers will take care of themselves. I, I just, they'll, it'll work if you get after. I think the main thing is being consistent.
1: So I've emailed you before and I've got an auto response. Talk to us about your decision to check emails twice only a day. What, did, what Where did that come from? I mean, I know like there's some, I think it's Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, like four hour work week. I know you don't work four hours a week. I know you work a lot more than that, but I've seen where, you know, guys like that are saying like, you know, do those kind of email things where they, you know, because your time is valuable, right? Yeah. And you and I be, think
0: I wanted, I wanted to respond to people with something. Yep. And I also wanted to say, hey, I value them. Yeah. I value the time, and I mm-hmm. want to. Keep, I just don't want to not respond right away. Mm-hmm. I wanted to respond with something. Um, so your autoresponder
1: responder takes care of that. Lets them know you're there. Because I, I just
0: don't. Use, I I really segment my time in in the most productive time of the day. I don't email.
1: Right. So well, I think that we, <clears> we can get in a little trap because it's easy to you know, you're blasting through emails and you're done, you know, or if you're not super busy, you might be like waiting for emails. Right. And you're like clicking send, receive. That's a trap. If you're hitting send, receive over and over again, then you're not being productive. You're being, you know, you're being reactive instead of proactive. So is that kind of what your mindset was like? I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to knock these things out and then I'm going to check my email when, so it's almost like you're taking back control of your day. Does that make you more productive? Do you think?
0: No, it does make me work because in the mornings I used to sort of go through emails and that's not the most productive use of my time Mm -hmm. because I'm most alert, I'm most creative and Mm -hmm. that's where I spend the deep work on doing things I need to write or whatever I'm developing or designing or whatever. Right that's, I don't want to spend time. And then they, during the day I start and I need to do those things. I should have done that. And it's not the best time for me. So yeah. everything, everybody's different. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying one way is better than sure. the other, but for me, you know, I've, I've tried this. I'm, I tend to try things. You risk things. Yeah. Hey, if it doesn't work and it, I, I'll and you say, else, I think, in you there, know? call
1: me if it's urgent or if you want to chat or yeah. something,
0: right? And so, I mean, sometimes I'm not like religious about like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to look at emails during this time. <laughs> right, right. It's just in a general rule. I try to, hey, in the afternoon, I'll, I'll get back to somebody and plus they can see, hey, they'll expect something later. Yeah. So, well, I, anyway. I mean,
1: my opinion on that is that y- you can take the bull by the horns For lack of a better term, but and you are in control of your day. Or you can be blown around by the wind and be affected by what other things are happening around you. You can do it two different ways. You can say, okay, I'm in control of my life, and this is what I'm gonna do. I make a list of all the things I need to accomplish, and then I'm gonna check the email when it's when I when I need to check it, right? And then um, and it's within a re- reasonable time frame. You're not like, Oh, I'll check it in three days. You know, you're like every, every yeah. late, late morning, late afternoon, or is it early afternoon? Yeah, late, I mean late morning, yeah. early afternoon or yeah. whatever, whatever it is. But you're then saying, okay, I have to, and then you're actually probably accomplishing so many things because you, you're really taking charge of what you're trying to, to accomplish versus Getting up and seeing what happened, you know, on your email and then running your day by that, which, ha- yeah. which I think a lot of people can end up doing.
0: I mean, it's that's part of it. The other part is the other side, which mm-hmm. is the recipient who's getting it. So I'm, I wanted them to know too you know not just my productivity on my side but letting them know so they have the know. right expectation yeah so they they understand hey that's okay and then they you know they won't they won't expect something right now but at least they know they're going to get something back so that was part of it as well
1: so I think that's good setting expectations and realistic time frames and stuff like that. that's good
0: and I think just the habits for me of going through and developing a a checklist of things I do every day. And at the end of the day, I write what I'm going to do the next day. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the last 10 minutes of my day, I'm writing, okay, what do I need to accomplish tomorrow? Right. And I have the big rocks. I got to move for sure. Mm -hmm. And then all the miscellaneous stuff. But if you come in in the morning and you see that stuff, you don't have to think about it in the morning. It's already there. Right. And that's helped me in my productivity. When you're asking me, how do you, you, get leads, I think part of it's not directly getting the lead, but how you prepare your day and yeah. how you go about doing the things you do every day yep. and the habits you have every day develop, translate into business down the road.
1: That's good. So how, how do you think you started developing those kind of habits? Like what, what triggered it? Was it reading like Rockefeller's habits? Like what, what was the <laughs> thing that started getting you to do that? Or do you think it came natural to you?
0: No, I think, well, naturally I'm, I'm very um, disciplined naturally, I think, Mm -hmm. but, but I think reading and listening to podcasts, Mm -hmm. I read, you know, a lot listen to a lot of books Mm -hmm. and I read, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I take notes. I, you know, I go to the the gym and I, I'm listening into a book and I'll take notes of, of that reference or whatever and, and this, and come back to that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I, I think taking l- teaching what you've learned has really helped me because I, I I'm going to be getting back into writing blogs, mm-hmm. and that's real. It's like you are doing these podcasts; you learn a lot in preparing. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and learn about the person. And yeah, I learn
1: and, a lot from my guests. Like there's yeah. fascinating things. Yeah. You can tell, You, you know, know? like like that stuff that you know we can all sh- like either relate to or we can learn from, and then we can implement it. And and if I think the reason why we're listening or we're doing this is we want to learn. I think that when you don't, it's like when you go to school, I think when I was in high school, i got terrible grades. But then when I went to college, it was something I wanted to go to college for and I got great grades. But it's like when you want to learn and you're listening to a podcast, then you're going to pay attention and you're going to do well. You're going to maybe implement some of those things because you're trying to better yourself versus like being forced to, like if you, someone sat down and you have to listen to this podcast, you know, you're not going to listen, you're going to no. tune it out. But when you're out seeking, you know, those things that are going to help make you better, helping you, you know, and it's not only just it's wealth, it's health. you're There's all kinds of things you can learn about, right? How to be a better husband, how to be a better father, how to be a better mm. runner, how to be a better yeah. skateboarder, how to be a better musician, whatever it is that you love to do on the side. Um you can learn these days and it's it's all most of it's all free, which is amazing. Oh, it's time yeah, to live. It's
0: a, yeah, it's amazing. So
1: um so talk to us like how do brokers what to what do brokers what should they expect from a private money lender? What should they expect like can they make money? Like if they have free deals they can tack a point on or two points, like what what's like what's the average charge these days for a private money loan?
0: Oh, it's gone down over the years. Competition, the, you know, the, the the availability of capital is mm-hmm. there's a lot of money out there chasing deals, and yep. so the the cost of it used to be hard, hard money, private money was double digits. Yeah, it always was that for 12%, years. Twelve percent, thirteen, yeah, fifteen, you know, and, and multiple points. Yeah, there, six it, points. No, it's down <laughs> to one to two points. Is is for you know, and eight, nine percent, even sometimes even seven, yeah. you know, it depends on the deal. But uh and how brokers I work with about a quarter of my deals are done with brokers. Yeah. And so especially if get repeat brokers, well, mm-hmm. I'll modify my fee a little bit, tack on a fee for them. Mm-hmm. But usually we, we we add the fee to our fee. Um but with consistent brokers that bring me a lot of deals, we can modify
1: that what's some interesting deals you've gotten done that maybe stand out
0: i think i was just talk, at our event we were this um one of my borrowers was sharing of a deal they did in mission valley they they bought this hotel mm-hmm. and and it was a dilapidated well, it was old run down 60s <laughs> motel mm-hmm. and it had 30 some odd owners wow that in were, the hotel well the, just because over the years, you know, they would, people would, would trans, they would pass down their ownership to multiple kids and their kids. And, and this thing had 32 owners. Wow. So how do you get everybody to agree on this? (laughs) And they came to me and I I looked at this deal and I'm like, wow, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah. And, uh, we did it. And there was some other issues with... Do so you have 32 signatures on the note? Yeah, we had to chase... You know, a couple of people were dead <laughs> on there. And so we had to go after the executor of them to sign off on this and to get everybody to agree that this was a price that they thought it was worth. Wow. Can you imagine that? But... It was, yeah, that was probably the so most challenging day, deal. So to still
1: 32 owners or no, No, it was like, down to one. They bought it with one new. Oh, they sold it. They
0: sold it. And, and they're one trying new to, owner. One new owner.
1: But you had to get all these people to sign <laughs> off and agree on a price. And,
0: yeah. And then there's wow. a lender, most lenders. And there was multiple complexities to this with some, 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 uh, challenges on title and whatnot. But that yeah. was something that comes to mind. It was so a you challenge. you can finance
1: hotels. Hotels. Uh, yeah. Uh I think the the, gas stations, that always is a tough one.
0: Yeah. I just got one yesterday. Yeah. It's a, it's a seven
1: environmental (laughs) reports and stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You got to, I mean, it's pretty easy.
0: Yeah. As a private lender, I look at, there's a, there's a company called it. You go online and you can see if there's been any environmental hazards in that area Mm -hmm. or if it's at site, Mm -hmm. they'll, listed as a contaminated site Got it. or if there's been any gas stations around that site. Mm-hmm. But, but if there's never been anything that could be contaminated that property, there's no reason to really dig into it. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another thing the lenders will check the box. I'm require a phase one on this mm-hmm. property. Well, there, this doesn't need a phase one. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's not, it, it, there's nothing ever been on this site yeah. or anything close to this site that could have contaminated it. Right. And, you know, right. That's as a private lender, we can go out and look at it. Just uh, walk this, in. Yeah. Hey, this doesn't need it. Right. Or we we'll go out there. Hey, this does need it yeah. because of this.
1: And you've seen that cause you've been in the business long enough to where yeah. you can make that decision and decide. Yeah. And, and then that, that's the advantage. They come to us because
0: they, they don't want to have to pay for, why would they pay $3,000 for a phase one if they don't need it?
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So that's good um so why private money like why does a broker need to know about someone like you like what what what's the most common reason or what why
0: yeah i think i hit it earlier a little bit timing yeah. you know clients will call i have got this opportunity to buy this property they mm-hmm. at this price and need to close in two weeks so timing yep. of you know the, the property's not leased it's vacant or it's partially leased and there's you know there's deferred maintenance that needs to hap- be corrected before this lender. Anything that there's a problem, mm-hmm. think of private money because they, they could look at that and maybe get around it. Right. By It's not that they don't take that into account as risk. They mm-hmm. look at offset that risk with something else. Right. So it's either maybe they cross collateralized with another property. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Or if somebody doesn't have is real estate rich and cash poor, right. which, which happens uh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, they, why sell a property if they don't need to, if they could just tap into that equity with the cross collateral. So I've had somebody, you know, we could finance a hundred percent of a purchase price if I crossed with some Another properties. Property. Yeah. And it could
1: be a, a, a building or it could be a warehouse right? As long
0: as there's value on the property. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, relationship with the borrower, making sure there's real equity. I mean, I have to make sure our investors are secure with the right real estate equity, but there's, it's just being creative. And so so anything that requires, yeah. If, 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 if it's, if it's, if there's common sense to it and they see there's a deal, Mm -hmm. then I think, there's something we can help them with.
1: So what's like the target LTV that you try to get at? Like what's the max LTV you'll do on a private deal? Maybe a purchase, let's say acquisition.
0: Uh, depends on the product type mm-hmm. residential, which is not large residents smaller residential deals, 75%. Yeah. Most of the time, all the rest across the board, it's 60 to 65, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just, uh, Again, it's sometimes you'll have a borrower that's really strong, super strong borrower. You might stretch a little higher on the loan sure. value, but co- typically it's in that sixty to seventy five range. Right,
1: and and you know you might look at you know I, it's funny, I have this conversation quite a bit with investors, more institutional investors, where someone will buy a house at a foreclosure sale, and they'll they'll say they buy they bought it for say you know, 4 million or 3 million bucks. And then, you know, comps, if the house is pristine might be worth six, 7 million. Right. And so investors always go, well, you know, you bought it for four, how could it be worth seven? You know, in in three months, if you, what well, you put some paint on it. And, but I think as a private lender, you, you probably see people get deals and, and I've always heard you make your money when you buy real estate. Not necessarily when you sell it, because a lot of times you can get it, get a deal on a place where other people, they're not looking, they're not paying attention or they're, they don't have a connection to where they can get a pocket listing or whatever it might be where they got a deal on a, on a place. So, um, as a private lender, is there ever a time when you see someone had bought a place for cheap and then, then now they're saying it's worth, like, I just saw one come across my desk today. It was, uh, if I can remember right, it was a. $8 $8 million acquisition. And I think it's six months later, they're saying it's worth 12 million. It's on the, it's on the strand though. It's like on the water in Manhattan beach. So it's like, um. but you know, it's like, well, you know, what did you do to this place? How did you just make 4 million bucks? Like, but as a private lender, you can look and see, okay, well, you know, is it worth, you know, if they do a few things to it, you know, it could be worth 12 million, especially if there's a house next door that's worth 12 million. Same bedroom count, same size. Um, and the reason why they got it for eight was because they were at the right place at the right time. They knew the right person. The person was, you know, it was a, it was a maybe it was a divorce. Yeah. Maybe it was whatever it was, right? Like, what are your thoughts on stuff like that?
0: I think those are a little more subjective. Those bigger, I mean, those homes that are huge. Yeah. You know, I just ran across one today. In fact, the guy calls me, this was a small deal, but it was a duplex and he's buying it for 350. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? In South thing? Park, you're getting a, a deal for, where I was. A, let me look that up. You know, I looked what's it up. What's wrong with and, it? Yeah. Yeah. Something's wrong, wrong. Oh, I'm getting a good deal on it. Yeah. And so I, sure enough, it was like 500, you wow. know? And so it's like, um. so I really, and I look at that and consider that. Yeah. Where most conventional lenders though, what did you pay for it? Right. I don't, whichever, whatever you paid is that's the maximum. That's the value. Yeah. That's the value. Well, we dig in deeper. I mean, it doesn't happen that often. Usually the market is pretty good. Right. And it, and you, the market is pretty true to what the value is most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Occasionally it's not. People are, making,
1: and people are getting deals out there I know. Though. It's I mean, true. I this guy
0: going to this place and he goes, I was door knocking Yeah. and he, and he ran across this couple that they were eccentric couple and they said they said oh we were looking for somebody like you and they said that's all we need is 300,000 that's all we need <laughs> wow. and and he's like are you kidding that's and he's like 300 okay I'll, I'll buy it for 300 cuz it was worth way more right. but to them that's all they needed yeah and it, it and, and it was a win win because they were happy mm-hmm. because they got their money and they got a good deal and I was able they to they didn't help want them. to
1: work with a real estate agent because <laughs> <laughs> that agent no. would have maybe been annoying to them. But or th- who knows? things whatever. happen,
0: you know, something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, you wonder sometimes why people don't do the regular thing, which is put it on the market, see what the bids come in at. And then maybe they just don't want to deal with that stuff, right? Like wh- people are just these, people have their own no, thing. They have they their own
0: ideas. Eccentric people. Yeah. You know, these people were hoarders. They <laughs> walked in the door and you couldn't get through. Well, maybe you know, maybe the maybe the real estate agents turn them down. <laughs>
1: they're like, we don't want to yeah, do this. We don't yeah. want to list your place. It's not going to sell with all this junk in it, right? Yeah. So anyway, there every so you got to I mean, know yeah. when you see a deal. You got to know um, how to how to find. Do some door knocking. Like, how many people do that? Door I don't knocking. Know. I mean, I was
0: I don't hear that very often. No. And that's the the successful people are out there hunting. It's just making calls. It's mm-hmm. sort of like that. It's making mm-hmm. calls all the time. Right. But the point is private money, we look beyond just what a lot of lenders do. And like on costs, we, we try to dig in. Yeah. It's all, oh, there's a bankruptcy here. What what caused the bankruptcy? Yeah. Well, oh, that not was just ma- that there's a bankruptcy. There's, yeah. It's like bankruptcy, check the box. Yeah. The, we can't do it. Uh-huh. That, that's not, we, we dig down and we help solve the problem.
1: Right. Yeah. There's a lot of reason why people file, file bankruptcy. It's yeah. not just because they just mismanaged debt or, you know. Other, there's there's plenty of reasons. I mean it could be a lawsuit that just was terrible. Someone's trying to sue them for whatever reason. And you know, like because there's a lot of litigious people, yeah. you know. So um where where do people find you? Fidelis fund, obviously. What what's yeah. uh, what's the website? What's um it's uh, fidelispf.com.
0: That's Fidelis kay. private fund. Right. And And you can, you can, people can
1: invest in it. People can. Yeah. So
0: what, you know, Fidel is also, we're not only a lender. Right. We're a vehicle for investors to invest in. Right. We're a limited partnership. So we take investors, $50,000 up to a million Mm -hmm. and we provide them, you know, it's secured by real estate debt Mm -hmm. and we provide them, um, uh, we think a really good return close to 8% in today's market. And it's secured by real estate debt just on the deals that that I've been doing these these short term investment real estate investment um properties right. and then so from the investor side and then the borrowing side where we lend short term loans and the purpose for Fidelis is to help people get from point A to point B mm-hmm. and it's never long term either the exit is either sale or refinance, and it's usually just short term
1: right it's not a long term um, loan so what, yeah. what states do you lend in California just, just California? Yeah. for now for now There's plenty yeah. of business here
0: <laughs> so yeah we're we're excited about what's going on at fidelis and and we've got some momentum here and yeah so yeah from investing if people are looking for investment opportunity and looking for loans so
1: so one question i love to ask is uh you know about failure because as a as a person <laughs> right we've all failed even yeah. as, you know start out when you're a kid you take your first step and you fall um what, uh, I know you went through the crash with the previous mortgage company that you were running or you were, you were at and, and you were pretty much managing a, a large fund. Uh, and I, I think you made it through that without <laughs> much failure. I don't think there was, there was hardly any, I not one bad loan, right? I mean, everything was made whole No in the investor
0: end. lost any capital. That's I mean, amazing. we we had a handful of foreclosures, but mm-hmm. we we never we worked them out. And the advantage of a private lender is that you you don't have to foreclose. Right, you can manage the workouts. You can modify the Deed loans.
1: Foreclosure, even
0: so, just being flexible. But right. to answer your question, yeah, we made it through, and I, I think that's helped me be a better underwriter mm-hmm. because I'm like you know there was some times we 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 could have done better, and we. We had to foreclose on a property I shouldn't have made a loan on, you right. know, or went with a borrower I shouldn't have went with. But you learn from that, and you, do. you, you go on and. Um, so, was
1: there any failures that stand out? Like anything <laughs> that, and it could be personal, it could be, it could be business, whatever it is. What's your favorite failure? I think,
0: I think my failure was just working too much yeah. and too hard. And I think like you
1: needed to take a couple more vacations, (laughs) run some more ultras. No,
0: no. I think, um, my family, you know, I sacrificed Mm -hmm. time with my family, Yeah, you know, and working too much. Um, That's a balance,
1: right? You gotta, you gotta figure out a balance. Running
0: was part of it, you know, but I think realizing, man, I'm, I'm just not spending the time that I should be spending with my family, my wife. It goes fast. And it was like a failure of mine that it, I had to step back and say, you know what? i got to dial it back. and
1: get So what moved. would you have done, like stopped it at five o'clock or stopped it instead of it at 10 p.m. you have stopped <laughs> it at eight and went home and had dinner? Like, what would it's, you have done differently? So, it's
0: not so much the schedule or it's sort of a mindset yeah. because you, you're working— all the time, if, if it doesn't matter if you stop sometimes at a certain <laughs> it's whether, are you present with the person? Yeah. Are you engaged? Are you thinking about them and not thinking about other stuff and mm-hmm. working on other things? And so I think the failure of mine was just not spending the time that I should have with my wife, with my kids. Um, yeah. so
1: anyway, I've I was, re- it, you know, I was watching something the other day and it, it, it was a, I think it was a hedge fund manager who was in like Monaco or something with his wife. And he was like, he was pointing at these yachts and he's like, which one do you want? I'll buy any one of these for you. You know, there's one that's 20 million. There's one that's 30 million. This guy was making so much money. And all she said was, I just want you to turn your phone off. I don't care about anything else. I don't want a yacht. I don't want, and he was just like, I think he was thrown off, you know, at the moment because he was like, what? You don't want to, you know, like, Like, you just want me to be present right here with you. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful. I think, think.
0: and that's turn off. The one thing I have done is turn my phone off after I get home for a while. Yeah. I don't, I just put it down. It's not with me. Yeah. And it's, I was totally freedom for a while. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm just, I'm on. Nobody can get a hold of me for it's how do you get
1: your dopamine if you don't have your phone? It's like,
0: it says, yeah, I put it on the charger. I don't, I didn't, I just don't look at it. And some people will go, I called you last night and I see it in the morning. Yeah. You know, and I don't sleep with my phone, I it, purposefully. Mm-hmm. So I have no connection
1: during that, those times. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it's, it's, so you've, yeah. So you, you have a failure, but I think you've probably corrected, you know, but no, maybe I you wish you did it earlier. Is that what I mean, you're saying? No, I, I think,
0: yeah. I mean, you asked me the failure. I've yeah. obviously realized it and, right. you know, I can always do better.
1: Sure. You know? We all can. Yeah.
0: But it was a time, but yeah, you asked me a time. so like, could yeah. realize. you know what? So I changed some priorities yeah. and- dialed my ultras back, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So,
1: yeah. yeah so Those, the 100 miles <laughs> takes a while to get probably get up to prime um, shape to do that. Yeah. And do you have a treadmill at your house or do you just only run outside? Outside. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be some peacefulness in that, even oh, though man, you're it's,
0: it's, I mean, it's the best time in the weekend. My wife says, go out, you know, and I do, I go out as that's my time to meditate, pray, and just spend time out in nature, you know, it's, yeah. it's awesome.
1: Oh, that is awesome. So, so you can do that. And then when you come home, you can be present. And, yeah. It's, and it's like,
0: yeah, it's the best.
1: Yeah. I think all yeah. of us need a little time to rejuvenate or recharge, but you I mean mm-hmm. some people can recharge while they're exerting vast amounts of energy <laughs> like you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, uh, somebody
0: yeah. asked me like at lunch, I used to I mean, work out pretty religiously at lunch. Mm-hmm. It sort of split my day up. Right. And I, I work hard at that, but I'd come back feeling better when I went.
1: Yeah, that's And true. it's like,
0: oh, well, how could that be? It just, it's part of it's mental, you yeah. know, but it's... It's uh,
1: good stuff. Um Anything you want to leave us with? Like something that brokers should be aware of with, you know, anything, you know, economically or stuff that's uh, happening, anything new?
0: No, I think uh not to... Believe the media so much (laughs) because if you listen to what's going on with rates and i mean i I do listen to the you know what's going on in the you know like the the world as far as the economy the economy and the rates and what's going to happen recession talk talk i think it's just i think if i just be consistent on what you're doing get a plan Mm -hmm. that's the right plan and then follow it
1: right and i think i think you can do much better if you aren't blown by the wind like we were talking about before yeah. you just because if, if put you put your head down and work hard right because <laughs> yeah, so like one day
0: that's the worst company you can invest in the next day it's the best right and it's all because of some thing. news thing yeah it's yeah. all you know i don't know it's just not to stay focused and and be consistent and uh willing to learn and listen that's so. good that's good stuff. I appreciate you coming on, John. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. I enjoyed it. Definitely.
1: And if you're listening, please go follow our, um, pages. So go on a, a YouTube and check out more content on fund loans. Just, just, uh, type fund loans, all one word in there. And then also we've got tons of videos, tons of extra stuff. And then if you are on Instagram, you can follow me at John Maddox, J O N M A D D U X underscore. And I do a lot of, kind of teasers of what's coming and just talk about uh, some cool stuff here that's going on. So thanks for listening and we will see you on the next one.